Today on Midnight Yelling, we'll bring in social media manager Nick Wilson into the studio to talk about why people are mad online today. We'll also get to sit down with Reed Williams. He's a yell leader who was sprinting around on the sidelines during that Bananas 7-overtime victory over LSU last year. And now, forming in the basement of the J.K. Williams Administration Building at Texas A&M University, it's time for Midnight Yelling! Hey, Michael Green. What's up, Sam Peshik? Uh, not very much at all because the internet is non-existent, yes. which is fun. And luckily enough, we have somebody with us in the studio for the first time on the podcast. It's Nick Wilson. Ooh. Howdy. Nick Wilson, you have been mentioned in both previous episodes. So we figured we'd introduce you to our uh, our rapidly growing fan base. And it's a good time to do that too because Nick's the one getting yelled at <laughs> all yelled the time. At online. <laughs> yes. yes. So, so Nick, what do you do? So I do social media for Texas A&M. So anything you see coming from Texas A&M online, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, that is all managed by me. Pinterest. Spotify. A little bit of Pinterest. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> There's a kind heart between the handle that you're yelling at online. Just just remember that. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> it's and me. Nick is also my office mate. We share an office, which we are recording in right now, deep in the basement of the J.K. Williams Administration building. The content bunker. The content bunker. That's I've been trying to get that name to catch on for a really long time now, but they're like, "Oh, Sam, shut up." <laughs> no, I like it. So yeah, what is what are what is everyone angry about right now? So right now it's half excitement, half anger. Okay. They're excited. They'll soon to be angry, I think, um, about the fight in Texas Aggie football game versus Alabama. Uh huh. Which excited now, maybe angry a little bit later on, but mostly today Wi-Fi isn't working on campus, and so I, I'm getting yelled at quite a bit. And but it's, it's not your fault. Yeah, because no, it, sh- it should be. There's like an IT handle that <laughs> should absorb all of this anger too. Well, my favorite part of it is that I am having trouble replying to people because my Wi-Fi isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I get it. But to see, the funny thing is, is that Sam's fiance is actually the one people sh- not be. She's not her fault, but she runs A and M IT's social media. Yeah, right? she manages that stuff, and so it's, she always what feels a small bad. Like, God, I feel so in. bad for Nick because they should be. <laughs> They should be mad at us and not at him. He's just trying to do his thing. But don't get mad at her either. <laughs> yeah. We don't, don't know whose fault it is. If we find out, we'll let you know. We need to set up a dummy Twitter account <laughs> for all these things. It just goes to nobody. Well, hey, you can yell at us at, at Midnight Yelling. Whoa, okay. that yeah. was a hell of a segue, Michael. Thank there you, you go. very much. <laughs> That's good. Our new Twitter account that has nothing on it. So just go ahead and yell into the void. Yell at Midnight Yelling, because that's what we're here for. Customer service podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we will just forward you to Hillary, which is exactly <laughs> what Nick does when you tweet mean things at, at Tamu. My job oh, professionally gosh. is just forwarding things onto Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam, you're getting married. Yeah. Like, next week. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Uh, so I'm going to disappear for the second half of this month. Um, so if people are yelling at me on uh, on my email for not being around, I'll mm. be in Hawaii, and I'll be able to not have to worry about that. So, so what happens when the Wi-Fi goes down and Hillary is in Hawaii? Oh, we're throwing our phones in the ocean for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. That That's the best repository for phones and email, <laughs> I feel like, for the honeymoon. Kind of looping it back around to social media goings on. Nick, you actually went to Iceland with Michael. I did. All the way over to Iceland. We travel a lot together, actually. Quite a bit. Yeah, we have a, that VR series. We It's usually me and Nick that go on those trips, which is cool. Yeah, you guys have gotten a lot of good stuff out of that. Like, you guys have gone to Germany, England, on a boat out mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. A little bit of South America. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's been a really cool job, and you can see all of that stuff beyond Texas.com. But I don't know, Nick, if you listened to our last episode, but we interviewed Dr. Ryan Ewing, who we got to hang out with in Iceland. He's a super cool dude. Of course, I listened to your last episode. <laughs> if you haven't listened, go back and listen to episode two, which is, I think, titled Yelling About Queso and Mars Rovers. Something along the those. That's the gist of it. Nick was also in the queso tasting. I was. I didn't mention that. Yeah, you documented the whole thing. And I won the whole thing. Half of the queso tasting test was also guessing where the queso was from, yep. and I blew everybody out of the water. He really did. I thought I'd be better at it, but I was terrible. I have a gift. <laughs> it's a gift. Yeah. That's a good one to have. If your life depends on it, Nick, you have 30 seconds. I'm like, <laughs> uh, <figure out. laughs> Free birds. <laughs> so not only do you guys get to you know fly all over the world, go to these cool places, you guys also get to work with some really, really cool student workers, you know, and... One of those was Reed Williams. Yeah. Fight and Tech Zaggy Yell leader Reed Williams was one of our interns last summer. And n- most notably, his golden retriever that he would bring to the office a lot of times. Benny. Which is it was Benny? the best part of this summer. Oh, I got so much dog hair all over <laughs> yeah. my clothes. There's I got still hair all over this office. I go home and see my dog, and she just looks at me like, what have you been up to? <laughs> and if you want to see what we're talking me. about, go to Instagram and search Benny Ray, R-A-Y underscore Look how cute that dog is. It's literally one of my favorite dogs in the world. <laughs> anyway, back to Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Benny's owner. Yeah, <laughs> Benny's owner. The real star of the show. Yeah. So I actually got to sit down and talk to Reed about his you know, experiences as a yell leader, particularly the one uh, night that sticks out in a lot of Aggie's mind, that seven overtime win over LSU last year. Just getting to sit down and talk to him you know, about how insane you know, the daily goings on of that are and just how nuts that particular game was you get to see a lot of them you know just running around on the sidelines but you don't actually get to know what goes on to in the run-up to that yeah they're so busy yeah reed was always off doing something whether it's filming a commercial for espn or going to some event across texas he embodied aggie spirit and was always always doing something so busy yeah so i got really lucky to grab him for even you know 30 minutes to sit down and talk for this interview yeah i'm excited to hear it I'm always interested as to the behind the scenes of the Yell Leaders, you know, even now being around AM for so long. So I'm excited about this. Should we just play it? Yeah, let's, do let's it. get into it. All right, here's Reed. Uh, Reed Williams uh, is a fighting. Texas Aggie Yell Leader, senior class of 2020. Whoop! There we go. Yes. That that <laughs> I've never gotten that call and response before <laughs> to uh, to a yell leader, so that was fun. So uh, you're going into your final year as a second and final year as a yell leader. What made you want to be a yell leader in the first place? Yes. Uh, so just kind of backtrack to uh, why I came to Texas A&M. So I'm actually the first gen- generation college student, not even first generation Aggie. So really going to college is something new for me. Uh, and so when I was in second grade, my uncle took me to a fine Texas Aggie football game because he heard that they were pretty cool. So went in, uh, went to that game and just fell in love with the university. And then since second grade, just always said that I wanted to be an Aggie. Uh, coming into my senior year of high school, uh, really kind of dove off into what a&M actually was and really got to experience the culture by going to a couple games, um, decided to join the Corps. Uh, going into my freshman year, though, 
I really viewed the Yale leaders as a football, basketball, then just kind of a hype man. Didn't really see uh, what exactly all they did until after football season. And it really clicked at, uh, at Bonfire Remembrance when I saw, when I heard Gavin. Uh, no, actually, it was Chris Wilder that year. Okay. And I, so I heard him giving uh, the last core trip. Uh, and that really inspired me right there. And I realized that being a Yale leader is more than just a midnight Yale, a football game, a couple basketball games, volleyball. You really do represent the student body. And you're there when, you know, we're being LSU in seven overtimes. But also you're there during memorial stuff like Bonvar Remembrance, Muster, Silver Taps. So it's a great way to represent the student body. So where are you from originally? So from a small town called Devers. Texas. How many people in, live there? Ooh, like uh, 431 oh people. My gosh. Oh, yeah. It's pretty small. So oh. it's in between Houston and Beaumont. Okay. So all 400 people probably found out pretty quick that you're picked as a yell or elected as a yell leader, right? <laughs> yeah, actually. So right when I was elected, our vindicator from that county, uh, that's a newspaper, mm-hmm. that called me and started quizzing me, kind of something like this right here. <laughs> and Hot little. Seat. Yeah, I thought they were just going to write an article about it. No, they were recording the whole phone call, which I didn't know. Oh, no. But then I found out later that they aired that phone call on the radio. Oh, no. <laughs> Luckily, it went well. Well, that's good. <laughs> but, yeah, everyone found out pretty quick, even within the county, knew that yeah. I was a yell leader. Yeah, so once you have that first interview, right, kind of knocked out. That kind of made me start thinking, you guys probably you guys go through media training and stuff like that, right? You guys do a lot of, you know, prep for know how to interact with people in the public you know how to conduct yourself at an interview so what, what's that whole process like actually getting you know starting that build up to actually start doing you know some of those memorial type events or some of these random campus events and working your way up to like a you know actually a sporting event or even to a midnight yell what's that build up like definitely so uh really the only people who really know how to do that are the returning guys and so as the seniors it's your responsibility to train the new guys, the new juniors and the new senior. Uh, and so it really takes a lot of practice. We'll take hours and hours a day going over scenarios. If you're asked this question, how will you answer this? During a certain speech, you go about it this way. You don't say this. You're always smiling. You know, your media. We went over media uh, with Marcom, actually. They came in and they basically told us, these are all the things with y'all's media. Y'all need to fix it, get rid of this, get rid of this, add this maybe. Uh, sometimes they tell people, hey, you are literally not present on media at all. You need to have a presence. And so Marcom actually does a pretty good job in controlling us on that media platform right there. And supporting what you guys do and things like that. So another part of that, too, (laughs) is obviously if you've ever watched an A&M football game and you notice some of these yell leaders running around in these white jumpsuits, it's like, oh my gosh, these guys are sprinting and running around. They're yelling, they're jumping. It, you guys basically don't stop moving for, at minimum, you know, for like a three or four hour time period over the course of the game. What? Uh, you're, you're in the Corps of Cadets and you guys already have some kind of PT, but do you guys have to do like any kind of calisthenics or like cardio or weightlifting or something like that for your leader? Yeah. So we get this question asked all the time, like, what's your workout plan? Can I have your workout plan? <laughs> It cracks Supplements. Up. <laughs> What's your nutrition? It's like, Do you <laughs> weigh what out kind of weight gain are you taking? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that they view us as like that, as that we're super fit. But really, we're all in the core cadets. We all run, get up at 5:30 every morning and go run and work out. That sounds awful. 
<laughs> yeah, and it never you never get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> Props to the people who actually enjoy waking up at five thirty to work oh my out. Gosh. But yes, so we we all you know work out. We're all pretty in shape, and if someone starts to fall behind in shape, we like let them know like, hey man, you're starting to uh, fall behind, and this, these are the obligations that we have to uphold. And if we fall behind, you're not going to be able to uphold these obligations Got or it. be able to perform at your best uh, well-being. So so we do kind of work out in that sense if we do. But really, I do not know a Yale leader within my time here that has not been you know, physically fit. So we never really work out by ourselves. Yeah, it's so it's very much – so you guys are probably a pretty tight-knit group then. Oh, yeah, for sure. How many hours a day do you – do you think you see all these guys? Or how many hours a week do you guys think so, you see each other? So during the fall, it really, uh, it's a lot different from the spring because during the fall, we do away football games as well. And so we'll spend 24 hours pretty much with each other um, and for a whole weekend. So I'll start off with Monday. You know, we'll typically have one or two games, uh, which will range to two hours each. So six, six hours probably all throughout the week until Friday, when we're traveling, that's 24 hours on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we spend a lot of time. Um, you can all, I can't even count how much hours I've spent with this past year's group. How much time between becoming a Yell leader did you have until your first actual Yell leader event? Because I think those elections were in, are in April, right? April or March? So the elections were in February, February. but there's kind of a, <laughs> after you get elected, you do have like a kind of a dead zone when you're newly elected where you, you're just kind of waiting until the next year. So we actually pick up, our starting point is muster. So, oh, so the big stage right away. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, actually the new guys pick up right after muster. And so the old guys do the muster barbecue and that's their kind of like final send off and okay. then they're done. The new guys pick up right after muster. And so we have from April 22nd, this year it was April 23rd, mm-hmm. uh, until our first, first football game to really train. And so during that time, we're doing new student conferences. We're doing fish camps. We're doing transfer camps, Aggie Moms Clubs, and Howdy Parties all throughout the state of Texas, coaches' nights, and an assortment of s- uh, smaller events throughout campus. Yeah, and I sure you have, I'm sure you have like a bunch of different, you know, personal favorite experiences, but I want to talk about – you know, something that, you know, a lot of people got to experience uh, A&M vicariously through last year. And that was that seven overtime win against LSU. Like we said earlier, you guys do a lot of running, jumping, yelling. Walk me through of what that day was like against LSU when we ended up taking them to seven overtimes. What was the, what was the day starting out like? And then kind of walk me through how exhausted you were and, like, how kind of depleted you guys were at the end of this whole thing by, like, 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, for sure. So LSU, playing at LSU is actually really dear to me because, you know, from the southeast Texas spectrum, half the people in my school want to go to LSU. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So uh, for some people, beating TU is one thing that's their, like, big rival. For me, honestly, it's beating LSU. And since my time here, actually, since we joined the SEC, we haven't been able to beat LSU until oh, this past right. year. And so this was a really big game building up. It was like our year to kind of prove ourselves. We got Jimbo Fisher, a great coach. Uh, starting off the day, though, uh, really just preparing for just it was a typical game. We knew the magnitude of it, though. It's we kind knew. of built up and to be like kind of a rivalry. I mean, that dates back to like the 1970s, but it really has like a renewed 
uh, urgency to it. Yeah, I guess. for sure. I mean, we've we've always played, not always, but we play them so much in the past. And so we we knew what kind of game this is. It could honestly make or break our career uh, or this whole football season if we lose to them like, yeah. like terribly. It just kind of cut everything that Jimbo Fisher kind of did this past year. Uh, but if we win, it just makes it even that much better. Yeah. And so it, it it's kind of scary that a football game can kind of come down to that circumstance. And so uh, we went into the game. I remember uh, LSU fans, <laughs> they always crack me up. Uh, just, you know, how, I guess, how vocal. They're they intense, are. man. They're so <laughs> you intense. Can say, you can, they're, I don't know what to intense, expect. Yeah. I mean, it's like the same kind of level of, like, devotion and fandom. I mean, it's not like I'm from Nebraska originally. Yeah. All we have is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. That's it. So it just gets, you know, nine months or like eight or nine months worth of just pent up anticipation for football poured into, you know, 12 games over the course of the year. And even though, you know, like Texas has, you know, two different NFL teams and they have, you know, LSU has the New Orleans Saints or whatever, mm-hmm. like there's, but there's still that like same intensity and devotion toward, you know, a football team. So it's, so you get those two kind of, you know, super intense fan bases in the same building. And is like the energy was probably insane. Oh, yeah, for time. sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I remember Spirit Walk. I mean, I had Mardi Gras beads thrown at me. <laughs> it's like, where do you get these Mardi You bring them with you? Like, <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> Honey, pack up the Mardi Gras beads. We're going to College Station. <laughs> exactly. Like, at one point, we we're walking through, and Jimbo's, like, right behind me. And I just yeah. see beads, like, flying through the air, and they hit me. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess I have a souvenir, but, <laughs> but yeah, funny. I mean, uh, they're pretty intense. They really are. So, you know, the game day environment there was already spiked. We go into the game, uh, and right at the moment, you can kind of tell the LSU was up. Uh, yeah. And so it was us consistently battling, battling, battling. And you kind of uh, fast forward to the fourth quarter. And I remember at that moment right before Kellen Mond's knee was down, and I remember Gavin and Connor looking at us and Blake, and they're like, I don't want my senior year to go out like this. Yeah. And Those guys are all football players, right? No, or no, no, no the no, other no, yell leaders. They were the other senior oh, yell leaders. Oh, because that, that was the last game of the season, right? Pretty so that much, been there other than the bowl, the bowl game. game. Yes, yeah. and so oh, my wow. last time in Kylefield to go out like this. And so we're just kind of looking at each other. It's like, is this it? And that's when uh, Kellen threw that pass, and it was an interception. It looked like game over. And then I look up at Jimbo Fisher, and I see him, uh, like, kind of yelling at someone, at the referees, of course, Jimbo yelling at referees. (laughs) And then I see him put a smile on his face, him clap his hands, like, three times. And then I was like, wait, this game isn't over. Uh And then all of a sudden, you know, the referee makes the announcement that Kellen's uh, knee was on the ground. So we had another shot at it. Yeah. So, how the games work, uh, I'm in the south end zone. You have a guy over there kind of in the southeast corner. You have two, which the head yell leader's in the middle. And then Karsten, which was the junior yell leader last year with me, he's all the way over there by the cannon. So, those guys sprint off to their position. I kind of stay in the same spot. Yeah. Uh, they sprint off. We lead some yells. We get the fan base hyped up again. And then it happens. You know, Kelamon throws that pass. And makes the touchdown. Yeah. And it was the the hypest moment I've experienced yet in College Station. Like, Clemson was so close, but the fact that we came back from, we thought we were done. Yeah. A lot of people already started leaving the game. You know, we, we just witnessed the LSU coach have Gatorade poured all over him. 
I was like, that old heart was kind of sticky from all the Gatorade. <laughs> I gotta finish the game, no way, no the challenge. Sorry, I just had to get a. That's actually really good. <laughs> impression. And before we got out of here, that's actually really good. Yeah. Thank you. And so, really, we thought we were done, honestly. And what. But we weren't, and so we we go pump up the crowd, and they score that touchdown, and everyone's going crazy, and we knew we had more lives uh, to spare there. So we go into the seven uh, into the overtime, and but hold up a second. So like you guys, so you 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 sent you said that people started leaving the stadium, and you know you're going into overtime. Like how much pressure do you guys feel? Because obviously as yell leaders, you guys' job is to keep you know the crowd engaged the entire time. So you go into overtime, and you already see people had left the stadium because we were down. What kind of pressure was did you guys feel at that time to really just, like, go all in, probably <laughs> eventually fry your vocal cords at some point? What was that pressure like? So, yeah, like, every single game we lose our voice. And so I'm, like, usually Every done. game? Oh, yeah, easily. Wow. Usually I lose my voice the day before, actually, yeah. because we typically have two games, like soccer and volleyball. Yeah. And then we have a midnight yell. By the end of it, my voice is shot. Gotta get you guys some chamomile tea. Or something. Uh, yeah, no, I drink that. Honey oh, and that every single <laughs> just mainlining chamomile tea. Uh, yeah, that's hold why. on, guys, I gotta get my tea. <laughs> my pregame <laughs> diet right there. Yeah, that's so funny. And then I kind of get it back for Saturday and just lose it by the first quarter. So oh no, that's how first it first quarter. Is. Oh yeah, for sure. So you were probably you. What was going through your head then? Once you went to overtime, once you already oh. lost your voice by then. Oh yeah, I mean. Really, there's so much noise going, so you just open your mouth and, like, try to scream. No one can really hear oh. you. <laughs> so you're just like, <sighs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as long as I'm showing this intensity on my face, yeah. we're good. We're good. But, yeah, so you, you can kind of look up at third deck and a little bit of second deck, and you can already see that these people have left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yes, we it, during times like that, it gets pretty hard because – Really, I feel like sometimes the last thing that people want to do when we're getting beat is do a yell. Mm-hmm. But that's our job. Yeah. You know, most universe, a lot of universities do not have those type of people to pump up that crowd. Usually, the crowd just whipped. They have no one to help them out. Usually, the, the stadiums are, like, putting make noise. Put up on your hands up. <laughs> yeah, make exactly. some noise. Yeah. <laughs> Go well, team. <laughs> well, that's our responsibility to make yeah. sure that that – that momentum is never dies. And so much more engaging than a video board. Oh yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. And so, yeah, it, it does get hard, but once we found out that we, uh, were going into overtime, despite the fact that a lot of people have already left in like the third deck, mm-hmm. it was still one of the loudest stadiums I've ever been in. And it just picked right back up. I didn't wow. even need to do anything. It yeah. was like the Aggies were just started going crazy. Dang. So we end up getting the win. <laughs> How did that feel? You know, it's like, oh, thank God the game's over. <laughs> what was that feeling like? Oh, man. So, you know, a lot of games, they have these, like, pinnacle moments. Like, just like the, this one catch that defines the whole entire game. Yeah. Yeah, well, that game had, like, seven or eight. <laughs> <laughs> it just wouldn't end. So you get kind of numb to it at a certain point. Oh, exactly. Point. Yeah. You, you just get exhausted. You're yeah. just, like, screaming. You know, that was, like, the best game I've ever been in. But I remember we were looking back and we were like, are they going to storm the field? You think they're going to storm the field? And you could just see some people just, like, waiting, just waiting just, for it. And it's like, just vibrating. They, yeah, <laughs> they're probably going to storm the field. <laughs> and so they, uh, so when the game ended, they caught that pass. I just remember looking over and just all these Aggies flooding over the wall before I can even, like, take a step forward. Oh, no. Just so many people jumping over. 
And it's so like the scene in The Lion King where like Simba's getting ready <laughs> to run away from the wildebeest, just dust in the air, <laughs> like old popcorn bags flying all over the place. Yeah, it, it was insane. Honestly, it was like a wave going over the wall. Oh gosh. And so we all like run out on the field and out of all the people, I can't come upon my friends and my girlfriend and it was just an amazing moment that I get to really like spend right there. I was in the oh, middle cool. of the field and they start up the Warham. There were so many people on the field that I couldn't even get to the front to lead the Warham. Oh, and so, gosh. oh yeah. So I finally got to the front, clawed my way through some football players and stuff like that. Got in the front right before they started sawing Varsity's horns off. But yeah, that's awesome. It was insane moment. Oh geez. Like I, I have a hard time seeing, you know, any other event, being a different, being a high point for your time as yell leader, but kind of looking back, you know, you have a you have a full season ahead of you. Um, what what do you think is you know meant the most to you during this whole process? Whether it's you know spending a lot of time with the other yell leaders or that game in particular, or just going to d- meet different people. What's been the most important to you throughout this whole experience? Well, really, the most important important uh, part during my experience as a yell leader, you know, those games are amazing. Uh, like Clemson game, even though we lost, that was an amazing experience. Uh, LSU, the best game we'll probably ever witness in our life. Yeah. Uh, But honestly, I can say that that has really nothing on the fact that as a yell leader, the impact that you get to leave on certain people. Uh, There are several moments where you, you meet some people and you're able to like shed some light about the Aggie experience or encouraging people to come to Texas A&M and giving how, giving them your like testimony of what Texas A&M has done for you. Um, those moments are far more worth it than, you know, th- those games, just because yeah. you get, get to have a chance to leave a lasting impact on these people. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to discount uh, the LSU game, but I really value those impressions that you leave on fine Texas Aggies. Man, I really like that guy. That was cool, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't get to talk to a yell leader. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous. That was really cool. They're kind of like these, they're like uh, Aggieland snow leopards. (laughs) (laughs) You always think about seeing one, but then you actually meet one and get to sit down and talk to him. You're like, oh, that was a real thing. You look across the academic plaza and you're like, I think that's one of them there <gasps> or it's just someone wearing white okay never mind <laughs> or like if you go to like new york city or something like that and you see an actual actor and <laughs> yeah like it was that them? i think it was oh my gosh that was <laughs> <laughs> that was such and such but yeah it, it was just a really fun it was just really fun to get to talk to him you know get an inside look at all the work that goes into it because you'd never imagine that right and he was so down to earth i mean he he seems to me like if if old rock was a real person he would probably be like reed yep yeah, yeah that that pretty much summarizes it. Well, Sam, I'm very excited to go to Omaha and spend some time with you at your wedding. What are you going to beat the hell out of this week? Ooh, been getting a lot of emails, so let's beat the hell out of email. Ooh, I like that one. Everybody does. Yeah. And I will beat the hell out of College Station traffic. Evergreen, man. Mm. Let's get it. The opinions that you shared on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of our employer, Texas A&M University. 
Copyright 2019, Texas A&M University. Whoop!